All right, Stormy. We are uh, we're recording. We're not live technically, okay. but uh, yeah, it, you know. I, do you have a live uh, live stream software you like to use? I've I've been playing around with OBS a little bit. I've used like live stream, like just a website. I used we've done it when I played college volleyball. If we didn't have um, our own live stream at the school, sometimes my dad would use like the live stream app or Periscope. Yeah. But those are like I feel like those are pretty like sports specific. Like they do a lot. But I know where I went to uh, undergrad they use live stream for all their events even like when we have a multi-camera shot that's what they live stream things through yeah see that's in the new studio with the like i'm designing the table to be able to to have two cameras and then i'm gonna have um i have this whiskey barrel table it's super Mm -hmm. cool um and two whiskey barrel stools now so like kind of like a uh just a table with two bar stools type setup. Yeah. It's like got a glass top on the whiskey barrel, but that'll be another shot in the studio. But I want to do live streaming, but like I, I'm not really. I don't even really know what all open broadcast software that OBS. It does some of the same stuff we were talking about, um, but I don't know if it does live stream or not. I need like a multi camera production yeah, system. I'm trying to think. I was going to say like Facebook Live, but that's going to be like only one. I know. But I want to say. Well, I found, I did find um, at Valley Piano, this guy, uh, Brian, he um, he has one, but it's only for tablets and phones, right? But it's like, it's only like, I think he said 250 bucks, but it, um, but that's like, for me, I'm just like, why can't that camera have apps on it? Yeah. If it did, my life would be just like. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. But, think. I, yeah. The live stream's the only thing. I think I've ever actually had any experience with. Yeah. I think that in the next 10 years, either that or it's just like they're, they're controlling it, just like they're controlling my my COVID-19 post on Facebook. Oh, no. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Okay, everything about COVID-19 in like the last five days got banned, and they just put it back on Facebook, but like obviously nobody can see it. Like, like they make it where any post about it? Or- y- essentially, yes. Yeah. So like I shared this post that was like um, – kid sell this is like right when it was getting weird it's like kids sells hand sanitizer at their school and it was like a usa today article right? yeah a little kid got in trouble for that yeah, yeah it's like that got taken down yes right and then they sent this thing out today i got it was like we were wrong sorry but it's just like it's not in circulation anymore yeah but why why the control of information but everyone's like talking about everything they are but it's like um they are but not really in social settings now yeah that's true like right so the the spread of information i i feel like has definitely been kind of dwindled down remember how like hysterical it was like five days ago yeah and then like i didn't hear anything for a whole day after it was like we had the first few cases or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's like oh by the way we got a whole bunch now (coughs) honestly nuts like Obviously, we've never experienced anything like this, but it's also like you think about in the past when, I mean, even when swine flu was a big thing, media still wasn't as involved as it is now. And I think like it's not necessarily that the virus is scary. What's the scariest thing is all the misinformation, because on one side you're getting, oh, we only have 20 cases. Then we have 20,000. Oh, well, there's not even been a diagnosed case because we don't have this test. So it's just like the virus itself is not scary it's just everyone is chiming in and saying things and you never know what's true so 
you know you're you're a graduate student in journalism uh like what is like uh what is your assessment of all this from the media perspective outside of what you just said um i think it has been i guess blown out of proportion in a sense because i think like i said like a swine flu and thing like that wasn't that long ago and we did not have this hysteria about it and it was actually more dangerous yeah i feel like people are being pretty reasonable about it right now right have you met anybody's just totally losing their mind um i think some i've heard of some parents like around this area that are but this one parent i've heard of is generally like a germaphobe Mm -hmm. and so they've always been kind of nervous about sickness and so her daughter got a fever and she was like oh my gosh like do do i need to go get her tested like and like just wait it out because really right now we don't have anything to give people so even if you do have it you're just going to be sent home unless you're super sick saturday and sunday um they're supposed to test a whole bunch of people apparently there's like or or we're getting a big shipment of tests Mm -hmm. here in arkansas or something and when that happens people are going to freak out because so many cases will be diagnosed but it's not that it's spread that much more it's just we actually have the ability to test now so we're not just guessing if it's the flu seasonal allergies or like COVID-19 there I just have seasonal allergies okay I just want you to know I have the sniffles a little bit I mean I feel like full disclosure if I could have gotten it I already have it like that's what McMillan said earlier you know Josh McMillan chief campus police he was just like with all of the stuff they got me doing like I probably have it (laughs) he's like if anybody is like at risk he's like I'm I'm processing all these people and coming in contact all these students and crazy but you don't live on campus so that's good no I I feel like I'd be like a prisoner there I live off campus but it's very close to campus but I'm not allowed back on right now you're in the hopper behind like two podcasts ago i did one with reader but i've been so busy uploading my online lectures i haven't uploaded it uh, how's he doing with all this i think i mean he's a cabin guy so i don't know if he's in in the woods or he's at the beach yeah um, yeah he's either sailing the gulf uh with an eye patch on yeah or, or he's in his cabin but it makes it difficult for our class like yeah, that's basically what I was mean. Like, how how are you able to access and interact with him? We like are like he. To? I think he came on campus like Monday or Tuesday, and so um, that's when we heard back from him on an email. Because all my when you told me he's like uh, that he didn't even have internet out there. All my classmates were texting back and forth because we haven't heard from him and we didn't know if he had something. I think something he does. To do. but I think it's just ridiculously slow. And or so something. I was like, hey guys, like I don't think he has that good of access out there. Like he, he can't stream. Can. He can't stream video, for example. I think is what he was saying. Yeah. So I was like, he might not be doing anything. But now that this has all happened and we've kind of had to like adjust our um, syllabus and stuff he just emailed us and said don't worry about anything until after spring break i was like i got an email today saying that we're so tech i don't know if you know this it's going to the end of the semester on yes i think that's a i think that's going to blanket the state like i think it is too but our university is like well until the 17th with public schools that's and i'm just like i don't see it well my thing is when you think about college students we only have like three full weeks of class after that and then finals so they're legitimately there is no point in going back because you think about all the kids that have legit left either out of state out of country mm-hmm. through it they're not going to come back so why try to force that like yeah. even though i i think it's a little over dramatic 
that you would cancel it that or like that you would make everything online for that long but when you think about it there's just real like really no point in coming back i think that yeah i think that i would have liked to see him wait till like wednesday of this next week mm-hmm. to make that de- decision i was saying but at the same time i get it like uh but it's governor mandated it's like the closing of gyms yeah that's like when cora mentioned that earlier i was just like yeah yeah it's depressing but I think it's it's honestly been kind of funny though through all this is how many people are like oh my gosh like now I have to work out at home and I'm like you didn't work out the six years before this why is it that you're in quarantine and you have to work out now but I'm I'm not complaining about that I just think it's funny because if it gets more people like active and moving yeah. great but it was just like honey you haven't even worked out in six years why does this quarantine change what you're doing um, do you have a, a fitness center do you work anywhere other than Archon? Um, at Tech yeah, in the that's weight room good. at the at the Tech Fit. No, actually in Tucker. Oh, okay. I just go to. I wish I should have gotten a membership at Tech Fit because I do like, like cardio equipment, but I usually like add some quick stuff in my like lifts and everything that kind of get my heart and cardio. And plus, yeah. when I'm doing fitness kickboxing, that's a lot of cardio it too. It is so. that that anaerobic is it's great. I need to go run today. I ran yesterday. It was painful. I ran with two former college cross country runners, and one of them was actually a professional runner. Not that we we only did two miles, but I have not run two miles consecutively, and I don't know how long. And so it it hurt. Yeah, I've only been running for like a f- not even a few months, like three months maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to do the ten k, but I assume it's probably going to be canceled. It was yeah. in April. Um, it's part of the half marathon. St. Mary's, my gym so that I work at is closed. So yeah. I'm going to have to do something. Luckily, I own a gym. I can go work out there with kettlebells and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I'm going to go in later today and film some stuff, too. Yeah, I'm interested to follow along some of that. Yeah. Cora, Cora, we're going to be doing like virtual yoga mm-hmm. and stuff. What a weird time. I know. I Like I said, we never experienced anything like this. And I didn't, I didn't think it would come like this far. But... It does make sense to be precautionary in the fact that we do not want to end up like Italy is right now. Or like uh, 1918. Yeah, that's That's the most recent thing. Like I was talking on the phone with um, this courier uh, reporter yesterday, Hannah. Uh, she's an undergraduate, I think, in the same program. But I was telling her the same thing. That's kind of what I was meaning is like people keep saying unprecedented like worldwide. And in this country, things have been really bad before. Just not since we've been this far advanced and yeah. this heavily populated. So the risk is even higher for yeah. those reasons. Like I think, like right after World War One, 1918. And I wonder, I need to go back and do some research on that because I wonder, um, that had to have been linked uh, to all of the devastation right during and after an exposure and cross-cultural th- uh, interactions with world war one right yeah everyone was around everyone and in, in way and some people like way out of their elements and not in familiar territory and exposed to things that they would have never been exposed to had the war not been going on yeah yeah i wonder like i've been like researching just a tad about that by research i mean i watch outbreak on netflix i watched that too but how uh there's a post going around facebook that kind of explains how things mute how viruses mutate Mm -hmm. from like human to human i read animal i read something like that wild yeah but when i watched outbreak i'm like that's what we're acting like is that people die in six hours from this and so I was, yeah, yeah. No, it's not that crazy. But I do understand that, like, it's not just, like, necessarily people, like, 
around our ages and stuff. But my my other take on this, and this is just me being really selfish and not wanting to be quarantined. If you're immunosuppressed or if you're older and more susceptible, they should quarantine themselves. Because if we're coming into contact with each other and everything and not going to see them, not being around the same things they are, then it's just spreading between people that are fighting it off naturally and don't have any like symptoms or issues so we can go about living our regular life and the people that are more susceptible to it can yeah. be quarantined but i know it's more like that won't happen and well, was, what rationing is happening right now have you been charting that i've seen like rationing with like toilet paper and flour I didn't sugar uh salt things like that like uh uh so like reader is saying he has like 500 pounds of salt or some crazy thing not from like making a run just from being prepared but uh somebody bought uh i guess like a, a big bag of sugar and a big bag of flour and they got stopped both at the checkout and at the door and we're like oh those are two different products you can't get two of anything right now like you can't get two one pound bags of flour Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. It, it. I got checked when I left Walmart yesterday, but I'm also so shocked. A lot of older couples were in Walmart. I'm like, stay inside. Oh, did you see? I finally closed the beaches down. That's good. Yeah, because people. Yeah, around. people were just like storming the beach. Did you see that video? It's like you know we're not gonna let it get us down. We just we've been planning this trip for a while, you know, like two months, and you know we're just gonna live our life and like get wasted out here and like. We're just we're just having fun because we're not gonna let something like this stop us. Like we're gonna be fine. We just want to enjoy ourselves. I'm like, when this come like when this is over and you see that you were interviewed like this, I hope you're embarrassed for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, go enjoy the beach. Just don't get interviewed by people being stupid. I got interviewed at the beach one time. I wasn't being stupid. It was when the BP oil spill happened Ooh. and I was in Pensacola and I literally had like a tar ball like get stuck to me and I was like this and then like, damn it, if a news reporter just didn't like appear and was like, we see you have some tar on you there. And I was like, yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's the first time I've ever been here. Uh, this is what happens. Yeah. There you was, go. It, it was like so weird though. Like quite literally as soon as it happened, I was like, hey, I got some tar on me. This is wild. You're like, let me see. Yeah. What do you think? Jeez. So what made you get into journalism? How long have you been pursuing this path? Well, I actually went. So when I got to, into undergrad, I love sports. So like I came in as a sports management major. Were you an athlete in high school or anything? Yes. So I was... I grew up an athlete, started playing basketball when I was in kindergarten, played basketball until I was a sophomore in high school, added volleyball in there in like sixth, fifth or sixth grade, gave up basketball in high school to pursue volleyball my last two years of high school, and then I went on to play college volleyball at Washtenaw Baptist, and so oh, okay, yeah. I got awesome. loved volleyball, still want to play it, still trying to find a way. What's um, it like going to a Baptist University? Are people, you a Baptist? Yes, I okay. grew up Baptist. Um, but it's not like I wasn't necessarily like searching out for uh, a private Christian school to go to at all. I was really open to anything. I looked at a few other schools in the conference. And I mean, I looked at a lot of other state schools. Did I mean, I was not 
searching for that but it just happened to work out because i i was even looking at a church of christ school first and that's where i like harding well no because harding's a prison but um yeah that's why i kind of asked about you going to a baptist school it wasn't like that like if you had to like go to chapel yes we did have chapel once a week but not daily i honestly i liked it because when it's once a week it's not it doesn't feel like a chore and we had some like pretty awesome speakers OBU's like super super musically talented like we have a great theater and music department there and so the people that lead worship are insane and so I I did not mind chapel like I enjoyed it and you have four skips a semester so I mean most of us would just go the whole semester and then wait till the last four weeks of regular classes and just not go it was at 10 a.m on Tuesdays so if you had an 8 30 class you were already up and if you didn't I mean you're just had to be somewhere by 10 that's not that early but I wasn't really looking for a private school except like that's just how it was working out like I found one Lipscomb University in Nashville Tennessee loved it wanted to go there thought I was going there sold on it first week of two days of my senior year so I'm like all my friends are already committed to where they're going to school and I'm still looking they call me and they're like yeah we offered someone else sorry I was like oh that's awesome thank you so much for that thanks for the heads up and so then I was like oh man like I'm not going to I'm not going to get to play anywhere did that affect like did that affect your performance no I mean I mean it may I guess it made me play games after that though oh yeah because I that was in preseason and so I had I think I'd practice like the next day and I had to tell my coach like what had happened and so I mean I guess it kind of made me play better because I knew I was like I'm still looking for somewhere to play. Like I've got to do well enough for people to continue to notice me. And so then I'm you're like all my friends I said were committed. And so when you're having to start your recruiting process over as a senior, it's like no, not a lot of spots are open because coaches have gotten to where they basically recruit two and three years out for that class. So it's, it's super competitive and it's even gotten more competitive than when I was playing because I know 14 and 15 year olds that are already picking where they want to go to school. Wow. And I was, 18 not having a clue of where i was going to end up and so um we i'm played club volleyball which is like travel ball um and so that started in november december and i was trying to get recruited getting coaches to come watch me at tournaments and everything is it a game is it called a game when you play volleyball Mm -hmm. like you've got match like points and like points with it's kind of like tennis like points and then a set so it's 25 points to win a set and then in high school and <coughs> college ball it's three out of five sets so a team has to win three sets out of five okay. but in like club tournaments and some high school tournaments you, uh you'll go two out of three and then that lat that f- third and fifth set are to 15 points and so um i was trying to get recruited through all this and the assistant coach at Washita emailed one of my coaches at this club and was like, Hey, do you have a setter on your 18s team that's available? And she's like, Hey, Stormy, like, what do you think of this school? And I was like, How do you even say that? Like, I've never been to Arkansas. I don't know what the heck this school is. Is Arkadelphia on 30? Yes, it's like exit 73. Okay. So it's literally just right off 30. How far is that from uh, Little Rock? Right in an hour. Okay. Yeah, you just go down, like, when you take that 430 exit yeah. uh, to go, like... And where are you from in Texas? Decatur, Texas. It's, like, an hour-ish, like, 45 minutes an hour northwest of Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. So, it's it was right at about, like, four and a half hours to school. And now, to tech, it's about, like, five, five and a half. And so, it's not bad. I'm really close to my family. Did not want to go super far away, but was open to it if it was the right school. I mean, I was looking at schools in california i was looking at schools in south carolina like i wasn't 
against moving that far away, it would have been hard. But my family is like my rock. And no matter where I would go, they were they were going to make sure that I saw them and that they came and watched. Like there in my four years at Washita, there were two games I did not have a immediate family member at. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I have a younger sister. She played volleyball until she until her sophomore year. After her sophomore season, she was like, you know, I'm done with this. Like th- they got a new coach after my high school coach left, and it just wasn't the same. And I think she was kind of holding on to volleyball because she knew people wanted her to do it. And she was good. Like she wasn't bad at all she just didn't have the drive and because she didn't she was tired of being stormy's little sister like uh, we're five years apart so like yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a lot of the same teachers we had a lot of the same coaches like she she was always stormy's little sister and she's like i'm i'm not passionate about volleyball like she is i'm not going to be like she is in it so yeah. now she golfs and she's actually good and oh yeah cool she likes that more because she's way better at it than i am so she she likes being better at and how old is she now she's 18 so she's about to go to college oh wow i know so did you get like all expenses paid uh type of situation um, on OBU? essentially yes but no so when i got there um the the good thing about a lot of division two schools is that they can stack scholarships academic and athletic so that is a blessing because yeah. Without that, I would not have been able to. And at D1, it's like you get all or nothing. And so um, I wasn't going to be able to like afford washtop at all. My parent, my dad's a firefighter. My mom's a teacher. Like we're Civil not. Civil servant types. Yeah, we're not wealthy by isn't any that, means. Isn't that sad that like you're like, hey, these, these people that build up the pillars of society, they don't make very good money. Yeah. I and mean, they do like, but that, you know, they're probably like something you would call the middle class or, or, yeah. or, or, you know, and like me having a teacher's salary and offering free classes to all firefighters and law enforcement and stuff at the gym. Like I get it, but that's like, I've always thought like law enforcement, everything. It's like, that should be the highest paid positions. Yeah. My, my dad's, my dad's pretty awesome. But yeah, you got to be awesome to like put your life on the line for other people. Yeah. And I mean, it's been scary at times with him being a firefighter because he works in Dallas. And so, yeah, it's been like scary at times. But like now with this <coughs> outbreak, people are realizing how important educators are, which I'm like actually happy about because we're like, oh, you know, they're not just teachers, they're counselors or mentors or everything to these students because whenever like they realize how much goes into a day of school parents are like oh gosh like teachers do a lot like, like just just filming and uploading my content not including like like here's what i do like every semester when i get, get to something i like add to it right like revamp it and, and change it in some way add to it take away some stuff so there's like that process but then like let's say i didn't get that far in my course or it's just something i didn't cover or something new something i'm fitting in there's all of that work and then there's like the delivery of it and then there's all of the things associated with the uncertainties and this person that missed class and but just like filming and uploading because i got to film render my video then upload it and blackboard has been bogged down oh yeah because everyone's trying to Everyone's trying to upload. I heard like Zoom has shut down multiple times because. Oh, we're trying to do digital yoga on Zoom. I've never used it before. I've never so used it either. Maybe that's what I was meaning when uh, Zoom, you can do. I don't know if you can do multi cameras on that though. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. It's like I barely figured out how to hook my camera into the mixer and make it do this. Like, because it, it has some 
it's weird my usb from the mixer does not do as quality of audio as the camera so yeah my the cameras at school don't pick up audio very well so we have to use those mics and make sure they work jerry bruckheimer's nephew set this up for me it's not a big deal i can't take credit so uh okay so you um i went to OBU. you, you played you played all the way through yes played all four years wow. um wish i could have played eight like honestly would go back in a heartbeat right now and start it all over like i and that was your only eligibility though you could just yeah. play for it is it did but i could play another sport for a season like i thought about playing beach but i'm terrible at it so there wasn't really any draw for me to do that just because it wasn't something i was going to be good at but um played all four years came in a sports management major um decided that maybe sports management wasn't the most what does sports management do? Like I mean, manage a team? I kind of thought I wanted to be like a sports agent and thought about going to law school after that. Like Jerry Maguire. Yeah, but like cooler. Yeah, that's really, it's I, I don't understand why people make a big deal about that movie. I mean, I never thought it was that good. Yeah, I, I want to be a sports agent. And then um, people are like, wait, like you're not going to do communications. I was like, well, no, like I, I'm going to go sports management. And it was funny because when I came on my visit to OBU, I sat down with the Dean of the communication school, like was very sold on them, loved them. And they thought I was going to be in their program. So when I got to school and wasn't, my coach was like, Stormy, I literally had a special meeting set up for you when you got here so that you could meet them and like talk with them. And you didn't even pick their major. I was like, Oh, sorry coach. But then my second semester of my freshman year, I was like, screw it like i'll add it as a um another major it was the yeah, major which you requirements can do many times like yeah. uh, with as many electives yeah as and so there wasn't like communications the hour hour requirements weren't that bad and so i was like oh i can afford to put that in my schedule because i was already a spanish major as well wow so at this point i'm a, I'm a triple major are you bilingual no. trilingual no. anything like no. that no i wish i was but no but it looks good on paper. Yes. And I can understand some things, but I need to like go through and like do like Rosetta Stone or something to refresh. Like you're from Texas. You should practically just speak it, right? I know. And it's like where I'm from, it's probably like 60, 40, 65, 35, uh, white and Hispanic. Like it, it, it is, we have a large Hispanic community and so much that Spanish is the only other language offered. Like we don't study French. We don't study Italian. We don't study anything else where I grew up. It's either like your an other language credit is spanish um and so i took that changed added communications and then after i interned with a sports agent my sophomore year i was like this is like a glorified babysitter sometimes and i'm not looking to be a glorified babysitter and i was like in sports management you know that's really specific i feel like i'm narrowing what i can do yeah that does seem very and i I wasn't like because i do want to do sports i don't see myself doing anything else but if I ever got out of it, I wanted to have some other backing. And my, the finance professor at Washtenaw was awesome. Like one of the greatest people I've ever met as a teacher, as a person, like I still talk to him all the time, like keeps up with me. Super awesome dude. And I was like, Hey, like I kind of like finance. It's challenging. I don't really like, like keep up with the market and all this stuff. Like I should, and like all the other kids in my, um, program did i had like tons of my friends involved in like actually investing on their own i'm like one i don't have any money two that's just a lot of work to keep up with and three i'm just not that interested but it was a challenge i liked it i liked being in the business school and i thought hey if i graduate our business school is like reputable so if i graduate with 
a finance degree from here like I'm good so I changed from sports management so then I ended up graduating with finance mass communication and Spanish majors wow you got three degrees mm-hmm wow people I'm, always say like oh my gosh that was so hard it really wasn't bad because I came in with um, six Spanish credits and for, oh that's great yeah so for Spanish it was only like an 18 hour major like it wasn't crazy so I finished that I went and studied abroad when I was uh, after my sophomore year I went to Costa Rica for a month and got two credits um, like like, yeah two credits like or six hours i took six hours and it was yeah. the hardest class i've ever taken in my life completely in spanish my instructor only spoke spanish and we had to write essays and read novels and do cultural projects like all my friends that went to costa rica with me from my school were in spanish one and so it's like hola me llamo stormy and i'm literally re- reading 60 pages a night and writing three page essays while in co- like trying to live it up and study abroad when they had one page of homework and I had so many and I would literally stay up to like 2 a.m. doing homework on this trip. Wow. It was exhausting, that, but it was so fun. Like, I don't even like reading and writing English essays like that. Same. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do. Like, you know, like yesterday I read four pages to my students in this video and I was just like, oh, Oh man, that really took it out of me. Yeah, I I feel that. I've been reading a book. And I'm like, I listen to books. That's the game changer. I can't. I get too distracted. Really? And honestly, that makes me almost more tired than reading. You know, I, I always do it like um like before you got here, I was like walking around the house doing stuff like sweeping or whatever. Listen to The Godfather. But uh, exercising in the morning. So, like, I wake up, I start listening to a book, like, while I'm, like, doing my morning stuff, getting ready to go to the gym. And then I go to the gym, like, while I'm doing cardio. I used to work out, like, at least an hour. And uh, the whole time. So, I can usually get two hours of a bookend in yeah. the morning. I've thought about that. And I, even, like, with podcasts sometimes, like, if it's if It's, it's cut not, into my podcast time, for sure. It's, like, what would sometimes if I'm just sitting there, and this is, I don't even have to be doing anything. I don't have to be listening to anything, reading anything. I just get tired sometimes. And so I'm really good at falling asleep. That's good. And so. That's a sign of like positive mental health. So my, like I'll, I'm reading a book right now that one of my friends gave me. And I'll read like a chapter before I go to bed. But like by the time I'm like getting ready, I'm like, like trying to force my eyes open to finish it. Like I'm just even but now if it's like right now it's almost like a self-help book it's called it's not supposed to be this way turning disappointments into like unmatched strength and stuff and so it's i haven't read a lot of books like this like fully through because i'm more of like a a girly fictional book that i just like to read about characters that don't have anything to do with real life and it's i mean some of it's like I guess realistic, but it doesn't really serve a purpose. It's just a fun read. That's usually what I to do. Cursed is that the author's name? Yes. Oh, it's only six hours. That's an easy listen. Yeah, I mean, I and I like reading this because it it's like I guess uplifting. It's good. Do you think I would like it? Yeah, it's kind of is more it from it. Yes, and no, just because it's like some of her stories, but it's also just talking about like how to how to view disappointments and like in God's timing and how nothing is like just because you don't know the answers doesn't mean he's withholding answers from you it's just like sometimes you can't handle the burden of what the truth is and how things are revealed to you in time and how 
taking seasons slow is good for you feeling pain is good as long as you're not letting it like control you and be your only thought just know that like you can have those negative feelings and still move forward yeah i've heard uh, like uh, i listened to a book uh atomic habits and then uh one recently called the power of self-compassion they're both talking about the same thing to just kind of like uh, also Taoism talks about this it's just to kind of like be an observer of things like pain and grief and accept it versus like pushing it away mm-hmm. uh, and, and I mean just like a, a, a sort of a mindset to cope with traumatic stuff of like yeah you can't do anything about it Yeah. Uh, so you got to kind of embrace it in a way and see like my personality type, have you ever taken the Enneagram test I don't know if I ever not you should it's like a personality test and usually like i'm like whatever about these but there are like actually like a lot of things i haven't even read the book like i need to read the book because so many of my friends have that talk about different personality types there's one through nine take the test it puts you with these numbers and mine is the seven is typically like an enthusiast and so my thing is like i'm a very positively minded person and kind of uh a peacemaker in a sense that like I just don't like conflict because that Im- impedes on my happiness but the negative side of that is like I don't deal with negative emotions at all like very well I don't I don't know how to process them as well and so I usually just kind of push them aside and so like there's tips and tricks about how to manage these things like for your personality types and it was just like talking about how you need to like take that slow time get time by yourself to really like go through these and make sure you're feeling these because if you keep pushing them away it's just gonna like all bottle up at some point and it's just gonna like bust so i'm trying to take little pieces of advice like that to deal yeah. with negative emotions when i have them which like everybody who does it's like uh and how much of it too like uh, a couple of the books i was listening to the same two are talking about it is like uh your inner voice is like always talking shit just always being like saying things that really are not true yeah a lot of times they're literal lies or um like jordan peterson talks about this he talks about how we externally lie and your inner voice is actually being like that's a lie you know what i'm saying like or or we lie to ourselves in different ways and then there's like a little struggle with our with like inner conflict yeah my inner voice has pissed me off recently because like i'm like i'm like going about my day like not thinking anything negative not being sad or anything and then like one little thing that doesn't even have to do with it and my inner voice is like oh remember like you should be sad about that i'm like why and i'm like i was just beat bopping along doing great and then it's just like wait stormy like that's super weird to me right like certain places will make me like feel that way for a second mm-hmm. like uh or just like you think about certain things and it's like uh literally almost makes you like gesture to like oh yeah but it's just like the memory like you Mm -hmm. tie memory to it's weird memories smells all sorts of things can take you back like yeah and sometimes like you didn't even know that you associated that with that memory and then you see like oh my gosh like but why did that remind me of that yeah the mind does some freaky things it does it does it sure does um this is a study i learned about and i think freshman biology but uh this person went outside walked through a parking lot just like let's say a parking lot in front of the library at tech and they just like walked down the rows of cars so there would have been cars on this side of them cars on this side of them 
They go back in McKeever, get put in a hypnotic state. Then they are able to recite all the license plates of all the cars they passed. But, like, I want to say before that, they're like, do you know any of the license plates? And they're like, no. No. But this, like, that's how our mind will, like, store things. And it's, too, it's weird how we're, um, we can not access things or just how we're a goldfish and, like, we get into these patterns with certain things. Yeah. <coughs> I don't have the virus. <sighs> if I get it after I leave here, I'm going to be pretty upset. Hey. We can go into quarantine. Yeah. Do some podcasting. <laughs> go in a basement. <laughs> Be locked yeah. away. I love I love how Reader is just totally set up for this though. Oh yeah, he's been preparing Social for Social distancing, like he's just like, yeah, I just don't really come to class, you know, or come to campus because um, he hasn't trained in a, in a few weeks. He's been gone and stuff, and uh, his class schedule's changed. He's like, yeah, I just don't really come to town that much. No, he's a ghost. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna come back." I hope he, he I hope he writes like the sweetest book of all time. Though. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, this is good for him because he's got so much time to work on his documentary and writing about. Well, I haven't really talked to him about his documentary much. I mean, I've been seeing him post about it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he has. Um, I guess like kind of like trailers of things on YouTube, and we watched him. Um, I think he said some of them got demonetized. Yes, because they're like, it It seems like they're anti like Trump and stuff, but he's trying to tell an unbiased, just like, hey, this is what is actually happening down here. We need the truth because it's been told different, like completely different stories on both sides. Here's what I saw. And so we've, we've read some of his stuff and we've seen some of his stuff. I think it's pretty legit. Like it was, it took a lot of dedication to do that. Like yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like the stories he's told me blow my mind. Yeah. <coughs> I'm excited to get our last podcast up. We like podcast for three hours. It's going to take forever to get on the internet. Yeah. It'll, I mean, even my 15 minute stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is taking years. Well, even like I was saying like whiteboard collaborate earlier that, um, it's like two hours after you do it. Like they can watch it live, but the people accessing it after is like two hours at least. Until it's like done. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like Blackboard and Zoom and WebEx are just going to explode. They may. Like, I mean, they're definitely not, I don't feel like built for this no, overloading. Like Zoom, <coughs> people use that for business meetings all the time. And so now you're thinking, okay, all these businesses are quarantined. Yeah. Like there's no way that they can reach each other. Yeah. Well, so how long have you been at Tech? I just got here in August. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I just I just started the program in August. I oh, just yeah. got here in August. Yeah, of course so. you can't understand how cool Billy Reader is. Yeah. I'm new here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I've had him for two semesters now. Well, one and a half since this one got cut short. Um, but I'll actually take his class every semester that I'm in grad Are you going to be here? Well, how many more semesters do you have? Like, what, two? Two. I'll go, come in the fall and the spring. Are you going to take your summer class? Um, I might take one, but it's going to be online. I'm going to yeah. go back home for the summer most of the time. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy my last summer off because I think, you know, next, not this summer, but the next summer, I'll probably, like, have to get a job or something, and I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. No, I don't. I mean, money's cool, but like... Money is cool. Like, uh, basically, um, 
in four like i've been telling people this four more years of paying 1200 more dollars a month on my student loans and i could not have to work anymore yeah like yeah that's not very much right that that mean but for you think of how much more like yeah exactly a year that's so much money it is and that's like half my paycheck from the university that yeah. we pay but aggressively paying stuff off pay like obviously it does and like that's how like i tell people this all the time it's like that debt is literally how i got like everything going on that i have going on like it's how the gym got to because at one point i used the student loan check to buy mats for the gym yeah you know it was just like uh because i was getting some different resources at different points in time and like i was still an undergraduate when i think i turned 25 and I was started getting Pell Grants. So they don't give you any, like, they base it off your parents' income till you're like 25. And my parents, like, my dad made pretty good money. So, like, the, it put us just above. Yeah. And I'm just like, they're not helping me at all. Exactly. And that's, what, that's what's hard about college. Like, there are students, like, that are paying it for themselves, but they base it off parents acting like all parents help. So many parents don't. Like, I was lucky yeah. enough that my parents did help when, like, not everything because not everything was covered with OBU but like stacking academic and athletic and a few other like local scholarships and then additional ones I ended up coming out okay interest is what gets you it's crazy that's it literally because I took out a loan just because my parents like hey we'll cover it but like we just we don't want to be on the hook for that much money every month just in case things aren't meeting up so just take out a loan we'll pay it off when you graduate it had already accrued a thousand more dollars. It was it was a $5,000 loan. It already accrued another thousand because this is our fault. We didn't read the fine print, but like most college grants, they don't start accruing interest until after you graduate. I graduate that summer and it already has a thousand dollars of interest yeah. added on it. So because like it didn't I, I was on like, um, I didn't start paying aggressively until after I started working at the university. But the amount of interest, like, I can't even tell you. Like, yeah. it, 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 it doubled one of my loans in size. Because, like, I just didn't, like, the gym just didn't reach a, the zenith of success it's at until we moved into our last location. And then it just, like, kept accelerating. And it still is. But, you know, it's just, like, a continual work and effort towards, like, I mean, I'm 32, about to be 33. Like, I'm totally happy with the timeline of events. Yeah. But yeah, it was a. Uh, there was just a time where I could not be paying on the interest, right? So yeah. Like, and it was really accruing at that time, and then I got on like an income based repayment. Uh, and then when I, I started adjuncting, I started paying back. But yeah, student loans, like, oh, man, it like that's the thing. Like, I can get behind the argument. I'm like, if you, it's like student loan forgiveness, like that's my $1,200 a month going into the economy and mm-hmm. it's $1,200 a month from this trade. And, and it's like, that's not even accounting what I'm doing with the economy over here with yeah. the gym, you know, what it does and stimulates. Yeah. And like my, my issue with student loans, and this is obviously a lot because I didn't have them, but I have a hard time with students that choose to go to schools. They can't afford like when people, yes. I went to a private school when people go there and then they want to complain about, they had this amount of loans. I'm like, there's so many ways to make, I mean, obviously it's not as glamorous, but like there's so many ways to make college affordable. Go to community college. Yeah. Take those courses there and get all that out of the way and then transfer to a state university that is also cheaper. Like you, it's like, especially when you are getting non 
degree like super specific jobs after you graduate there's no need to go a hundred thousand dollars in debt Mm -hmm. when you could have gone 10 or none yeah i will say this like rising tuition rates oh it's that's insane that needs to slow down it it does well i mean in my opinion like it it needs to stop Mm -hmm. like because it can't we can't do this forever they like rates have gone up like literally every year since i've been out of college and they went up every year that i was in college yeah like that's not a sustainable model like i mean that and then the interest rate amount while you're in school after you get out of school like people not being able to find and transition to jobs. I got um, a friend of mine, their son-in-law has a PhD, couldn't get a job forever. So, and it was in history. Was teaching for like peanuts as an adjunct, like $2,000 a class or less. And like, you can't pay the bills with that. Even if you were teaching for, so imagine that, like I get paid like 40-ish a year, uh, depending on, if I teach overloads or whatever, but it's seventeen sixty a class for an adjunct at my college. So one of our adjuncts teaches four classes. Yeah, I teach five classes and I get paid forty thousand dollars. They teach four classes and get paid less than ten. Yeah, but hey, you're gonna have a master's degree soon. You can teach college. Oh, I don't want to teach. My mom's a teacher, and I've just. Mm-mm. Yeah, is she a college teacher? uh, No, she's an elementary school teacher. Yeah, see, college is a whole different ball game. I love teaching college. I don't know. You could be Billy Reader, but a girl, female, woman. I don't know. What is the like? What is the preferred term for like? What do you like to be called? A lady. (laughs) I really don't. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like, I get why girl might bother older women because they're like, I'm a woman, but. I'm 23. I'm kind of in that limbo. Oh, like, wow. You're 23. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, f- I perceived you to be older. No. Congrats. Thank you. I usually get told I, I'm younger, but uh, I don't I really was like care. 28 when I was in grad school, so like I assume people are like older in grad school. See, my, my mindset with grad school is like, go ahead and do it right after school because I've heard so many people that are like, oh yeah, I was gonna get my master's, but then I got a job and it's just like, and I don't think it's essential for me to get a job to have it, but I had the opportunity to do it and for basically free. And so it's like, why would I not take advantage of that? And then go like, so I don't have to talk myself into going back into school when I'm married with kids, job, adding all that extra stress when I can just do it now when I don't have anything else to do. I went straight through. I took a semester off because I had a surgery, but. I think I was I was doing all online classes during that time though. I remember writing while I was recovering. <laughs> Just like now, everything's online, you know. That might have been on my master's thesis that I was writing though too. I'm, so I'm so thankful I don't have to do a thesis. Are you doing like comms? You have to take a test. No, we do a uh, professional portfolio, and so you basically pick a topic, and you write two fifteen hundred written stories, fifteen hundred words, two three to five minute videos, two three to five minute audio stories, two infographics, and two photo stories with 20 or plus 20 or more photos and so i'm going to start working on that probably over the summer um i got to get my idea approved what is your idea um i'm thinking about talking about the opioid crisis and i did a paper over it last semester and it's not something i mean like i'm so sport so like i wanted to do something sports but it's so hard to find a new angle that's not time sensitive 
about sports and tell a new story that hasn't been told. And I thought if I took another direction, like non-sports related, I can show that I'm I'm not just sports minded, but I wrote a paper about it <coughs> last semester. And I was like, this is really cool. And when you have to get that many different stories about the same thing, I think there's so many sides that yeah, you, can, yeah, for sure. you can talk to pharmacists and how they deal with. I've got the hookup on that for you. Pharmacists and then we, I mean, as recovering addicts, like there's a lot of people that are willing to tell their story. There's yeah. family members that have lost loved ones due to it. There's doctors, there's, I mean, there's- Do you have to interview people for mm-hmm. this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be like interviewing them in person. Like, I mean, there's reco- like Celebrate Recovery here in Russellville that deals with people that have had addictions. And I mean, it could be- I know the guy that runs that. Really? Yeah, okay. Uh, Ted. Okay. Theodore, Theonidas. Uh, yeah, but so if you get to looking for interviews, and I know the guy that his family and he is a pharmacist. He goes to the gym. He has a sweet mustache, but they own the longest running uh, pharmacy in Arkansas. Oh wow! Right here in Russellville. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's like different, just a lot of different ways that you can look at it. And obviously, like a lot of information out there, and it is a crisis that. Have you can seen be that um, that Thirty for Thirty documentary about the opioid crisis? Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN put out about Chris Heron, basketball player for the Boston Celtics. I need to watch that. And the THV Eleven did a big, um, like, feature about like uh, I don't even remember what it was. But they did like basically like kind of like a hey let's save Arkansas kind of thing, because I know it is a a big it, issue. Yeah, in Arkansas. and I th- I feel like it was worse a few years back. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's that's a, well that's a great angle. I, I wish you luck with that. Thank uh, you. It, well, because like watching that, I'll bring that documentary up because watching that documentary at the time that I watched it is what gave me empathy about those groups of people because I had this thought like, oh yeah, like you're doing drugs that are super shitty, bad drugs. Yeah. You know, like, like and in my How head, could you do that to your family? How could you do that to yourself? Yeah, like, you just don't like get that. it. Yeah. Like I didn't get physical dependence. Like I never, there was no pill or drug I ever took at that time um, that I, like the next day, I was like, I gotta have some more of that. Yeah. You know, like it was never like, and I've even tried, uh, I, I'd like taken, um, some oxycontin for my back and shit before like very small dosage and i did not like it never did i be like oh give me some more you know yeah well i got my wisdom teeth out and had hydrocodone (coughs) didn't think anything of it but like when you get them out and you're on that that pain cycle of like having to take them every three to four hours well the first two days i was in pain so i'd take them in the middle of the night well then my mom was like hey like let's start weaning you off you don't need them as much you know i'm gonna my body naturally woke me up in the middle of the night and I don't know if I just like, I don't know if you can really have like addictive qualities in your blood or in your personality or something, but. I think so. And so, I mean, like my body was already in kind of withdrawal. Like it knew that that's its schedule and that's what it wanted. So my body literally woke me up in the middle of the night to Do get you, more, but I didn't get any, but. Are you familiar with like Asian flushing syndrome? Mm-mm. People like have a certain genetic background that like they drank alcohol and they turn like super red. That like flushes their face out, uh, but this is um, that there's I think there's all sorts of things that like they do that because it's like it's like in a sense they're allergic to alcohol. I think uh, if you did um, if you looked at like Asian migration patterns and then you said like oh hey look over here how this um, alcohol decimated these Native American cultures, 
if if you buy the thesis that the land bridge migration or that these people are and that's a dna argument too like hey here's the dna research it makes sense like because they always point to like people in china like look at this reaction to alcohol but what i read about with native americans plains tribes when they got exposed to alcohol and became dependent on it i'm like they have the same dna yeah so but i think that there's uh I think that certain people are more susceptible and I think that certain people may maybe have a, a gene that would maybe make them more addicted to something. Yeah, I mean, because they talk about alcoholism and stuff being like passed down and that's why like my mom on her side of the family, they've had issues with drugs in the past. <laughs> the mom's like, I have never, ever, ever been tempted to do anything, even like the most or like the least effect, like least effects of like marijuana or anything. She's like, I will not touch anything because i know people in my family have struggled with addiction to these that's that's it and i'll say like another thing that goes on um because i used to be super paranoid and then you you too you hear this chatter that's like oh these drugs over here they're good for you Right, and like I've I've never like heard like yeah this oxycontin is good yeah <laughs> like you should, it's good for your body yeah these like, do great things for yeah, you yeah and and like but like uh, you know hey take this LSD it's great for your consciousness or DMT or psilocybin but you get uh, I feel like uh, the gateway drug argument I understand now because here's here's it like. When you start like, oh, well, these psychedelics, they're okay, you know, to an extent. Yeah. If you have a mental illness, probably going to mess you up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Basically send you into a descent. So like I've seen that. I've seen a lot of studies on that. I've seen people that I feel like have gone through that. Or also you're like, well, if this drug's okay. Yeah. Then... Then this one is. Yes, because you're going to loop them all into the same like, oh, well, I mean... They just give different effects, but they're all like the same degree of effect. And it's like, okay. You just can't do psychedelics multiple times. I don't even think a year. No, because I mean, it, it makes your brain go into like, and I've heard stories about people like tripping off something and not being able to like come back. It starts like with like DMT is what I heard. That's like literally insane to me that it's more like how you do come back like yeah. how you're gonna be after what you experience because you're talking about like the most like like the strongest like mushrooms or what or like shrooms and stuff how people have like gone to that ex- other dimension or like I think it was with DMT like talking about how they saw another dimension of the world and you're like what like you can't like you somewhere don't else. Yeah, yeah, you can't believe else. them but like how did they just make that up? You know, Here, here's something fascinating. You're somewhere else. You see things you never saw, saw before ever. And when you come back, you see those things after the fact, like I- images, combinations of images, things you've never seen before. And then they come back up when you do different, um, psychedelic drugs later. I would just be so, so like, uh, So like basically this, like so uh, psilocybin and LSD can produce visual effects. So DMT does too. People's visual effects they experience after having done DMT on psilocybin and LSD are changed. The visuals they experience are changed to be more like the DMT visuals. I don't even understand that. It's, it's, it's very scary. And it's, and it's 
scary when these be- things become easily available. Yeah. Oh, everywhere. like because DMT is like a, like vape pens. Like yeah. you can get DMT in a vape pen. I'm like, that's guys. We can't be doing that. No, that is that, so crazy. Yeah. Because okay, is is DMT the one where it's like essentially like harnessing the effect of like when you're born and when you die? Is that what that is? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Like that wasn't meant to be harnessed like that. Like. There's a reason it only happens. Well, like I will say this, like knowing what I know about it, and there's there's a book I have in the other room called The Spirit Molecule, is that historically I believe that cultures have harnessed this ability to tap into this several times, and that is many of the projects we see are like monuments to that. For example, here's the number one thing that people report, that in my experience people report on DMT, pyramids. Okay, DMT and ayahuasca, ayahuasca in South America. There's like thousands of pyramids in South America. What's up with that? Right? So like um, all these pyramids in Egypt, there's a, a drug there called the flower of life that produces similar effects. But also I believe that Egypt used to be like the Amazon is now. Yeah. And I believe that the Amazon probably used to be different than it is now. It's all covered up. Yeah. I don't think it was always like that. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm not sick. It's allergies. It's the corona. I do get allergies every, like this is like a horrible time to be nope. sifting through this because I do get allergies and this time of the year. the flu. And somebody even said back about January, February, so many people are like saying the flu shot didn't work. I know several people got A and B strains. But they were saying it didn't work and that they were feeling all these symptoms that is like what the coronavirus is and COVID-19. And so it's like, Maybe it was already here and they would just say, oh, you have the flu because they didn't know. Like, oh, yeah, they didn't they, know that there was anything essentially else. Essentially, any negative flu test was probably COVID-19. Exactly. And so, but with that being said, people were fine. We weren't tripping out January and February. Yeah. And right. now we're just like, oh my God, we can't breathe around each other. I saw a super funny meme the other day. It was like the Winnie the Pooh stitch and it was like normal Winnie the Pooh and it was like, um, uh, Corona, and then it was like a different way. The Pooh's like coronavirus, and then it was like a super like tuxedo Winnie the Pooh, and like like the little eyeglass thing is like COVID nineteen. <laughs> it's just like people. Uh, I saw a meme. It was a spider, like the three Spidermans looking at each oh, other. Oh yes, and it's like seasonal allergies, coronavirus. I, I, sh- I think I shared that. Yeah. And flu vaccine. Super funny. Like, I, I mean, saw- it's true though, and that's why because now when we don't have these tests, they're basically testing you for strep, the flu and something else. And if you don't have any of those three, then they're sending you Have home. you had the flu before? I don't know. It's, it's horrible. It's weird because I haven't gotten a flu shot in years yeah. and I got one this year. And I, I mean, I haven't gotten it and I haven't gotten it this year, but my, when I was growing up, you know, kids used to get strep all the time. I would not get strep. I got I, it in high school and it was so bad. I would not get that. I always got a stomach virus. Like if there was a stomach bug going around and that's not even like seasonal, that's just like what happens. I'd get it in a heartbeat. Boom. I used to get the stomach bug at least once a year, but like other things, my sister used to get strep growing up, but I was, that's just not something I was susceptible to. And I don't know why. It's so weird. I know. I'm like, I, it's gotta be all our immune system. I mean, whether it's high, low, fine in the middle, like, yeah. cause like it's uh, immune, like people say immunocompromised. That is a, like, that doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. Like, what about people? So is that people with low immunity or high immunity? Because people with autoimmune disease, um, 
they have a high immune system. Like I have, uh, after I had that surgery, I had an autoimmune issue and, um, basically got to where, um, if I would exercise, I would have these uh, patches like mm-hmm. pop up on my skin, but it was from a high immune system. Like uh, you're trying to fight too many things. Yeah, autoimmune diseases like psoriasis and eczema and stuff like that mm-hmm. are high immune system. Okay, it is your I, have, I have a high immune system because yeah, me too. I have right. I get eczema. I got one on right there. Arms. Yeah. So yeah, it's a high immune system. So like maybe oh also here's another thing i like looking at this for like dietary stuff but um like i read an article yesterday that said people with like type uh, uh blood type o negative are like not susceptible for to covid-19 huh. course course of that that's why uh that's why i remarked on it i don't even know what my blood type is i don't is. either i told her i was like i have no idea and Did i asked so my on dad. your driver's license i, I don't, don't even have my license in here i don't think so but like my dad's a firefighter and like they give blood all the time. I'm like, dad, what's my blood type? Like, I feel like, you know, my parents should know what check, my blood type is. Check this out. You can get autoimmune diseases from getting blood tra- transfusions. That would make sense. When, so I think it's like, um, I don't know why exactly my mom has one. She had a blood transfusion a, a couple of years back. And I think if the person you got the blood from has an autoimmune disease, you get it. No, I mean, that would make sense because you're, but how do you, I mean, like, in their defense, like, how would you know that taking their, like. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Maybe weird. they just didn't even know it. I, I told them, I'm a, I told my mom, I was like, you need to, like, sue that hospital. Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, you have this horrible thing after getting this blood transfusion? Like, yeah, there's an issue. Yeah, because, like, if they, because sometimes, like, you might go, I mean, I wouldn't think I have any immune thing, but I have, like you said, I have eczema, so, you know, maybe I do, so. You know what helps, um. And two, like I've wondered several times if it's not the climate that we're in. Uh, but what helps me is taking vitamin D. Yep. And you got to take it with food. Yeah. Uh, so like it was weird. Like I started fasting in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So like I had this morning supplement routine and I had to change it entirely because I wasn't like there was nothing to uptake my, my supplements with. Yeah. So um, but vitamin D is, is helpful. It keeps, uh, cause most, most people are vitamin D deficient. We stay indoors yeah. and too, like, we're just now like, this is a time of year where it all goes away for me. Like we're just kind of getting there like April, like yeah. about six, about eight months out of the year. I don't have any effects of it. It's weird. Yeah. I need, I'm hoping to use this some quarantine time to, uh, get some sun, yeah. just lay around and just let the sun hit. Cause like you said, we spend so much time inside the last like last week it was beautiful and the week before that there were times that it was beautiful then i was in class or i was at work i was like this is miserable like i want to spend all my time outside please just send me outside i'll do class from outside i even took my online web meeting outside of my apartment because it was too nice to be inside yeah i hope it is going to be nice today Uh, i think so and later next week like the middle of next week it's supposed to be like in the 80s 60 now 57 it's supposed to be partly cloudy. I think it's like Wednesday or Thursday that it's supposed to be pretty warm. I it's supposed to be kind of cloud back up for from like two o'clock on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, can't believe it's already Friday. I know. Weird. It was funny. I was hanging out with um one of one of the tech coaches and his wife yesterday. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, tomorrow's Friday," and we're like. But right now, what difference does it make? We're not doing I know, anything different. It's super weird. I thought I would get so much more done this week, too. Yeah. Like, just doing the videos slow me down. Yeah. And it's just like, 
there's no difference between Thursday and Friday, except the fact that it's a different day because we're doing the same stuff because now we have nothing to do. What a great way to exploit the weakness of these social constructs we refer to as days, yeah. calendars. They really don't matter anymore, yep. except for when we're going to resume activity. I know. I wonder when, because I mean, if they're closing everything down for like a month and we really do kind of take this social distance so seriously, we've got to be able to loosen up and return they said that we might still see like effects of things like june and july but i don't think we're not going to stay on i hope the warmer it gets and apparently china is returning to some normalcy yeah uh do you think that it's racist that trump calls it the chinese virus I don't know because I was looking at people were roasting his ass for that. Oh, now, I know. now calling it Kung flu. That, that's yes. fucking atrocious. Yes. But, but it, it did, <coughs> it did originate from China. So it like when people originate from China, they are Chinese. It's Chinese is not a person. It's an, it adju- so it's fake. like an adjective, but I do get it. Like I'm only saying that because somebody posted about it on one of my friends on Twitter was like, you know, is it racist to say that because it did originate from China, so it does have Chinese origin? So why? But it's exactly it's, what Trump saying. It was so much funnier. He's like, it's from China. And so, but I mean, obviously, with Trump, it's going to be negative. No, like no matter yeah. what he said. Now the Kung flu, yes, very bad. But like people were saying, it was racist to say it was a Wuhan thing. It originated in Wuhan, China. I'm not. I'm not talking about. Wuhan people I'm talking about the fact that it is from that area why can't I because okay there's some book you'll probably know what it is and it was talking about like how this has been predicted in a book like the Wuhan 400 it was into the darkness is that the book or is that the yeah Yeah. I just saw that page but it's like I feel like if you're naming it after where it came from like if I created a virus from myself calling it the stormy virus like that's just what it is but you've just there's right now like any like the racial climate across the world is so tense like you yeah, can't you definitely. can't say things like that and it'd be okay even if it even if like in another correct. yeah and, and like everything has to be politically it might not correct. be racist but it's not politically correct yeah Donald. yeah and like i said it's whether you support him or don't support him it like and in times like this everything is going to be negatively yeah. viewed yeah i agree because it's just like it's, everything is so extreme that's what we've been talking about on my media classes because the media has become so biased both ways it's like who can just tell me the truth and it's almost like you can't even get the true truth unless you're there experiencing it and even then you view you view it through a biased lens yeah yeah i mean that's eyewitness uh testimonies are some of the most unreliable in a court of law so that's that's interesting i've thought about that many times i mean as a historian like i'm always like relying on other people's accounts like there's this one account in ancient history i tell about the siege of jerusalem by the assyrians the egyptians the assyrians and the jews the hebrews they all tell it differently none of the accounts are the same and, and then, I'm just like, and it's like, what do you piece together with each of those? Because what do you take as truth? Exactly. So then you get into the, phil- the philosophical side is it's like rel- uh, moral relativism is truth change. And like, is it, is it, is it open to change? If I can convince you that two plus two is five, does that make it five? What well, makes it four? Yeah. So that's like, uh, 
relativism yeah and we've talked about that in my classes too it's like what is truth and how do you like how can you perceive it and how can you can can a person truly tell unbiased truth yeah is it even possible i think about certain things because like the weather it's raining that's truth you know but when it can reflect any type of a view on it then it's hard to be unbiased it's kind of like um too like how like it's raining but the truth is in the object of the raindrop yeah so that's like i can can interpret that as an objective truth right i'm like uh, but like that is like uh, with it when it comes to truth i think what we're seeing in the media and and it's because of our political system mm-hmm. because this is it's already happened in other cultures it's like you, you get red you get some rhetoric and you get some sophistry somebody that's like a really good public speaker that can convince you that that's not a raindrop yeah it's not raining like this is not rain this is oil or whatever it is like yeah. this is actually this is other process that like rain is something that used to happen yeah. it doesn't happen anymore well check this out this stuff is something new and if you can convince people then then is that is that's, it rain anymore that's like literally hitler though to me is that like you could he found a way to convince people that what he was doing wasn't what he was doing like it wasn't yeah yeah racism or anything it's like no this thing's they convince him like no these things need to happen for the-. and it's like wait what like how could somebody manage that but then like you said it's a public speaker like he was an incredible public speaker and he Rhetoric, was able gestures he to, had the whole bag yeah he could maneuver through things and convince people of things that seem impossible now but we weren't in that time so we don't know what it was like yeah well and two like i was talking with a buddy of mine uh like a couple of days ago like we're losing the consciousness of the Holocaust right now. Like people, there's people alive that don't know about it. Yeah. And people think that it didn't happen. And, and and then also there's a whole group of people that like, they know about it, but they don't see how it could have happened. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, buddy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Um, if you ever come back, it'll probably be in the studio at the gym. Have you have you seen the new studio space? No, I haven't. I've it's literally, about four times the size. I've literally this. gone in, seen the mats, and seen the bathroom and fitness kickboxing. Okay. Well, that's that's your bag. That's where you need to be. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some virtual yoga. Have you? Are you going to do hot yoga? Yes, I'm already signed up. Yeah. Uh, it is my hope that we can come back after spring break. Yeah. Because I, I think they just do a, a we talked, I've talked about this too. It's like a widespread cancel because when you say postpone, that opens the door for so many questions. Like how long? Well, when do you, when are you going to know? How do you decide? It's like, if you just go ahead and cancel it and then reinstate stuff, it's a lot easier than just saying, yeah. Hey, we're going to, we're going to postpone it because then it just leaves too many, too much gray area. Yeah. You can make it black and white and then fix it. Well, and two, this has been wearing me out. How much the, like my college is not following, uh, you know, sort of like what the industry's doing, but they've blasted out so much information, like that a lot of my students are operating on the old info, like from like Thursday mm-hmm. of last week. Yeah, because it's it, just it, been information it, overload. Overload, yeah. Like you just get a new email changing things every hour. And it's like, okay, you know, can you just say, hey, this is like the way my undergrad did it. They said, you know, hey, we're not going to make any final remarks. Just know that we are in the process of going through everything. 
we're out until after spring break. Just know that, like, and oh, we're constantly yeah. reevaluating. So just stick with us. We're not gonna, not gonna try to overload you. But once we have a set plan of how things are gonna go, we'll release it. That's, I mean, that's, and I made all my due dates for April one, mm-hmm. Wednesday after spring break. So I'm trying to be lenient. Like, I like read the test on a video. I'm like, this is the test. <laughs> Question yeah. one, this rewind this go look it up study your notes it's the bolded terms of my lecture notes yeah. question two like so i hope that they uh don't have any problems see how many emails i've got since we've been podcasting from these yeah that's my professors have been emailing us a lot but luckily luckily now that it's spring break i think that help that can help professors too kind of get there like realizing they don't have anything that they have to be looking at right now that they can take time to go over things and be like okay five let's slow it down like let's yeah. evaluate what we can do my my smartest student is lost so we're all screwed like he's like i can't find these two discussion boards i'm like shit yeah, like, like mm. dude you they were literally filming a commercial about you the other day yeah, like, like in my classroom y- no. y- you were our golden ticket like if you can't figure this out no one can. oh man well uh let's go ahead and wrap it up thank you so much for coming on and uh i will shoot you a link when i get it uploaded awesome thanks for having me all right have a good day you too